Yep. Someone's out there sharpieing, mister. (laughs) They're vandalizing the truck or some shit. Like, we got to make sure the kids know about the gender of these potatoes. Like God intended. (laughs) Just just like, I want my potatoes to have genitalia, just like God intended. That is going to be the quote of this video that I repost. My name is Leo WT, and you have found your way to the Conversations Podcast. Conversations exist to create spiritually minded conversations about life. We desire to create safe space for dialogue and community. We desire to come together regularly and intentionally to generate conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. Everyone is welcome at the conversation. What is up? Friends, it is Leo WT here back for your weekly episode of Conversations, the podcast, video project, general space for my musing and so much more. <laughs> um, this week, we have a really fun topic and a really fun guest. I'm actually pretty excited that uh, he's back here to join us. So I'm going to let my friend introduce himself, but not before I let you guys know what this video is going to be about. Today, we are going to be talking about cancel culture because it's everywhere right now. And we're going to be breaking down that topic, that phrase, where it came from, how it came from, and what, if any, purpose that it serves. So with that being said, we're talking about cancel culture. We're talking about Dr. Seuss. We are talking about the chicks. And we are talking about Mixer Potato Head. (laughs) All right. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend. Yeah, I'm I'm Justin Hubbard. Um, I love being a part of the community on conversations. It's one of my favorite online communities. I'm part of uh, a few others that um, I am starting to absolutely hate uh, because they're experiencing kind of what I'm gonna talk about a bit today, which is groupthink, um, which I think is a big, uh, to me, when you talk about cancel culture, you're talking about a number of things, but one of them is groupthink. Um, and we're gonna, so I wanna get into that a little bit. Um, I'm all, also over at the Jameson Justice Coalition. Um, I'm the coordinator of that. And um, before we talk about any of this stuff, um, you know, anyone that follows, you know, social justice, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff, it's going to be an extremely stressful week because we have the uh, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin case starting. And I'm sure, Leo, we're, we're going to be talking about that. Um, we absolutely up. are. So, um, But for now, let's put that on the back burner because even though, and it's something else with cancel culture that we got to talk about, sometimes you just have to sit back and have a good time and have good conversations and relax. Sadly, I mean, maybe it's not sad. Might be a little pathetic that I think that this conversation is extremely fun. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I think that's why you're on here, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, am I, and this is my second time. It is. You're, you're pretty much a gangster. So <laughs> am I the first two timer? You are the first two timer. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're holding a record here right now. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> on SNL, when you're, I think it's five times, you get like a jacket. Oh, So. Maybe I need to make a jacket, man. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to get it. And everyone else that's been on already, you know, come get me. 
There we go. There we go. They're going to be chasing after you like uh, in Happy Gilmore when they're trying to steal that golden jacket back. <laughs> You're yeah. going to be throwing it on over your shoulders. <laughs> All yeah. right. So for those of you who don't know, which probably is none of you, cancel culture is this idea that's going around in the media right now. Uh, but I would kind of pause it. Um, that it's not actually something new. Uh, this is this is a, a conversation, and we're going to dive into it more further. But cancel culture basically is the idea that if someone does something that is wrong or inappropriate or questionable, that we're going to call them out right away and just boom, they're hash, hashtag canceled. You know what I mean? Um, and so Justin and I, we talk a lot. Like we're bros. I'm not gonna lie, we're bros. And we literally, when we're talking, we're talking about stuff like this. It's it's like not. I mean, it is fun stuff for us, right? But we've been talking about this for a while. And I think it's a fantastic idea to chat about here on conversations, because what we are is an intersectional community. That's the one thing that conversations does intersectional community and intersectional dialogue. So we have to be able to engage with topics that may or may not be worthy of being canceled. And, uh, and I think that that's the beauty of something that we've been able to do here is to be able to navigate that space and encourage that dialogue. And I want to see if we can maybe push that idea out further into the world. So what what do you wanna start with, Justin? There's so much we have, for those of you who haven't seen it, we have a page or I have a, a question that is just exploding on the Conversations Official group uh, with cancel culture topics. And we're gonna get into that a little bit, but you know, obviously um, uh, the, the potato head family and Dr. Seuss are in the media right now. So it, you know, we're gonna get to all of it. I think we, and I think we need to start there just because it's, it's everywhere. Like today I saw someone on Facebook that had the cat in a hat as their profile picture. Oh my God. And I don't know why I, and I didn't even, I'm not going to read their comment. I'm not going to no. know. Cause what is, I, I just don't, what do you mean? Are you like, <laughs> are you really for getting rid of those books so you're like i'm so pumped about that cat in the hat that's my dude i don't know do you think that somehow that is like rebelling against the left and cancel culture because <laughs> the, because it was actually that foundation that canceled the publication of those books what are you doing the what are what are we canceling? What do you care about? We don't know. <laughs> and, and this is the thing that's blown my mind is the, the part that made me text you and be like, we're going to talk about this. Because like, We were going to talk about like social justice and comic books. Which we sure was, were. Yeah. And don't worry, everybody. That will come back. <laughs> yeah. and like all of two people, which, yeah. is, which is fine with me. But um, two of the coolest. Yes. But with this, I got a text from, from one of my coworkers who I absolutely love. And it said like, how in the same year have we canceled Dr. Seuss and WAP is the number one song. <laughs> and I'm like, and at that point I was just like, oh God, like I can't, I, it was inevitable. Like, it was inevitable. This is, this is a point of tension that's going to come up. So what I think it is interesting is that the idea of cancel culture is trending right now, right? And the, the idea of cancel culture being called out right now is basically the right, and I, I don't like binaries, but I'm generalizing for the sake of conversation. So please understand that, um, you know what I mean? But so basically the, the, the right is pissed 
that the left is canceling things and the left is canceling things left and right because it is time for us to move to a better space in our world. Now, I'm not arguing that it's time, but I am maybe thinking that we should talk about this mechanism of cancel culture. But but Justin, do you would you want to drop some insight on on us about like is cancel culture new? Is it not in not in any way? So (laughs) so basically, if you the, the one issue right now that the the left side of this equation is having is that we do not have a specific definition for what cancel culture is. Yeah. It can be a number of things, you know, from um, Dr. Seuss, the foundation itself deciding that it was going to stop publishing six of the, I want to say 30 books, but then there's poems and all this other crazy stuff so he has like nine, over 90 publications yeah it's a lot of material and we're talking about six it's almost like you're talking about verses that are supposedly about homosexuality in the bible or something i mean the ratio is just crazy yes <laughs> so and the foundation itself is, is who decided to pull it <laughs> yeah um so they decided to pull it but so that's cancel culture but then like Morgan Whalen, who's a country, um, like up and coming, huge country star, mm-hmm. he got canceled by country radio because there was a video of him like sh- yelling the N word, like screaming it yep. uh, after a late night. And it's, and me, I'm like, oh, that brother said that before. So country radio yep. playing him. Is that cancel culture? Is, um, is right-wing people saying that they're not going to watch the NBA because they have Black Lives Matter on the court? Is that cancel culture? We don't have a clear definition, which is why everyone goes, well, they're canceling everything. Right, right. Who is they? Yeah, who is they? Because they, whoever they are, they're always the ones doing it, those bastards. They. An ominous power, and they're just creeping behind. And it's just, you know... <laughs> don't know their agenda, but they just don't like you specifically. Yep, you and that it's you and them, and that's it. So yes. I think one, I think I mean maybe that leads us to a great part of the conversation because a lot of the questions that were on our uh, on the uh, the question prompt on the conversations official page was actually like you know, a lot of people were saying, well, what if we call it consequence culture or accountability culture? And I think that there's merit to those terms, but I don't think that the cancel culture is that, you know what I mean? I think there should be consequences and accountability. And there also needs to be room for restitution and apology and growth. And so I think the problem with cancel culture is it is just that it's not accountability culture and it's not consequence culture. It's a whole nother animal of perhaps maybe just keyboard warriors. Well, and and that's the part of it that I think is different. You know, the Montgomery bus boycott, for example, I um, someone that I saw referred to that as cancel culture. That was a well-thought-out, well-planned, highly justifiable boycott that lasted for over a year. Yep. And it was done after years and years and years of oppression. Yep. Sure was. And what was actually done about it was Black people stopped using that service because they had the power of the purse. Mm-hmm. Now what we see is I don't agree with what this person said or did, so I am going to blow them up on the internet. Right, right. Very different. 
Yes, and so it's a very different thing. Now, in, in every single like fad, movement, whatever, it's a pendulum. Uh-huh. And, you know, so like Me Too movement, yeah. for so long, women were completely voiceless yep. in these situations. And then Me Too happened and all these other things happened. And in the, you know, the eye of the public and the court of public opinion, it swung. And in the middle of that, it was like, okay, oh, this is something good. But then eventually it swung too far. Yep. As yep. all these things always do. Everything. You know? The best example, I think, for that is Aziz Ansari, who uh-huh. basically went on a date and it went bad. And she, the woman blew him up online and people were like, oh, he's a, you know, he's a sex offender. It's like, no, mm-hmm. dude just had a bad date. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the thing is, that doesn't poison the entire Me Too movement. Right. Because then what happens is that thing swings back. And if you look at where we are right now with women's equality, especially when it comes to, you know, just sex offenders, basically, mm-hmm. and sex assault, we are not where we should be still. Yeah. We're, we're better than where we were, I'd say, five years ago. Yeah. But we're not where we should be. That's what happens. It always kind of settles. So right now with cancel culture, I think that we are like, we've, we're starting to get to the extreme point. I don't think we're there yet, yeah. but we're starting to get to that extreme point. You say we got more to go. Cause like, I'm still on the fritz from 2020. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> for, for canceling, for canceling like different celebrities and all that stuff. Oh yeah. I think it's going to get much more, Good. you know, which and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I got called an apostate yesterday. So maybe, maybe if I work hard enough, I could get canceled. Yeah. New life goals, new life goals. (laughs) And that actually brings me to something. Um, Most of the time when celebrities get canceled, they actually get more popular. Yes. Because the other side takes them. Yep. Because we have these binaries and we have this group think. So, you know, someone recently was Gina Carano, okay? Who we actually, we actually talked about Gina Carano the last time I was on here. We sure did. I started seeing the trend of like, she's, uh, she started by kind of picking a fight about not having her pronouns, Uh you know, which, I mean, me, I don't have my pronouns up um, on my Zoom. You do, to me, awesome you know, it, to me, that's not a big deal, but neither of us are going to pick a fight about it. Right. She started to pick a fight about it. And then it continued and continued until she basically compared her getting bashed online as a conservative to being a victim of the Holocaust. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're yeah. talking right now about an idea stretched beyond its reusable limits there. Like, and when you do something like that, like when you go that far, you are going to lose a lot of credibility. Yeah. Everything that you said before to me, okay, that's gone. But the crazy thing, and she lost her job from Disney and a number of other things. But the crazy thing is, 
um, the right wing took her and they are like propping her up now to right. the point Ted Cruz talked about Gina Carano during CPAC. And he's just like, we got Gina Carano on our side. And I'm like, dude, first of all, um, when she came into Star the Star Wars universe, a lot of people, a lot of conservatives didn't like the character because they assumed that she was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Because this is a very physically strong woman who was completely independent and at, at times very masculine. Mm -hmm. So the message boards of Star Wars fans, which are the most toxic fans, by the way. Um, <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah, the, just destroying this character. But now they're like adopting her to the point where Ben Shapiro is putting up money for her to have a feature length film. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, let's let's just, you can you can complain about cancel culture. You can say that like conservatives, you know, are being attacked in America, but don't try to tell me that Gina Carano was a good enough actress to where she should have a feature length film. <laughs> well, you okay. can say a lot of things, but that's the line. Let's get something right. No one will see that movie. <laughs> no one will see that movie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> someone, else, someone else is echoing your thought about the Star Wars fans being toxic. Apparently this is a thing that I did not know about. So They're horrible. They're, and I love Star Wars, but the fans can be extremely, and it's part of cancel culture where, you know, the, the sequel trilogies, the ones that recently came out, there was an actor, Kelly Marie Tran, um, who's an Asian actress. Mm -hmm. you know? She's not, she's not built like Daisy Ridley. Mm -hmm. Daisy Ridley is like a, she has a body of a supermodel. Kelly Marie Tran has a normal person's body. She's mm -hmm. got a little weight in her. She's, you know, she's of Asian descent. They treated this woman horribly online to the point where um, the next movie, her character was basically written off completely. Completely. That's crazy. And to me, that's cancel culture. Yeah, yeah. That, that is it. Because they put up such a fight and then Disney didn't want to have to deal with that much. Right. You know, backlash. Right. Basically wrote her off. Yeah. Same thing to John Boyega. Um, people saw him in the trailer for the first movie with a lightsaber. And they're like, black guy with a lightsaber. Black, and they're like, black Jedi. Whoa. What? And it freaked them all out. You know, let's not pay attention to the fact that like Samuel L. Jackson was a Jedi, but whatever. Whatever. The fan community got started trashing it so much and being so toxic that he his role was basically written out. That's crazy. So I the and the people of color were the victims of this. So you tell me that like cancel culture is going after right wing conservatives. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is something that I wanted to talk about, too, is like I want to go through in my mind. What are some great examples of, uh, you know, in, in history? Like, are they cancel culture or are they beneficial? Uh, like we've got we've got, you know, the coloni the the colonial, you know, Americans canceling Britain. Um, we've got, we've got the Christians canceling anybody that's not Christian. We've got the evangelicals canceling the Catholics, right? We have all of these things happen. Oh my goodness. When I was like in the early two thousands, uh, evangelical Christians were canceling everything. I, yeah. I went to, to, to events where CDs were literally burned because they were not 
holy enough, right? And that was a problem even back in the fourth century of the church. There was so many schisms back from, you know, before Christianity was even Christianity, there were so many schisms because they were canceling each other left and right. They're like, you don't baptize, right? You don't believe, right? You don't know, right? Right? All these things. But what of those has served to be beneficial? What'd you say? They killed each other about it. They killed each other about it, right? like um and something i because i want to make sure i got it one of the first things i um talk about for my uh, global 10 class is the edict of not because the edict of not made it so that um uh calvinists could you know basically pray freely they could practice freely calvinists oh no the king that signed that edict Somebody jumped into his carriage and stabbed him to death. Christians so, are the worst. So you get that, and and then it's like, uh, yeah, that's a problem. It so is. Like you do something that's a signal because it wasn't like you're citizens, right? Or like you have rights, or you're not heathens. No, you're still going to hell. You're yeah. heathen. Yeah. But you can pray, I guess, and no. We can't even have that. No, no, we can't go about it. And I think one of one of the most the I w- I don't want to say the most uh, relevant like cancel culture movements to this situation, but the one that I think really brought it into the public foreground recently was um, when we were tearing people, not we, like, I don't, no one comes to my house and arrest me or anything. Um, but but when people were tearing down the Confederate monuments, and I think that's when that this revival of the conversation around cancel culture happened. But the thing is, the thing, I guess the only thing that I care to put out at this point in the video is that Christians were canceling stuff. Million moms were canceling stuff way, way long before that, right? But then what what happens this summer is all of a sudden now the left is canceling things. Yes. And to me, in my opinion, that might have been this might have been a first, right? I'm trying to think of any other major movements. I'm sure there are some, but but I think it's relevant to our conversation today is you know uh, this is when we start to see this narrative um, after George Floyd, kind of in the last maybe six to eight months, right? So what are your thoughts about that? Like you're a history teacher, um, wh- what do you think in terms of canceling racist slave owners? I said it. I said what I said. Yeah, and I'm fine <laughs> with that. The the only thing is is this. I think some people, when we talk about canceling, and this is the extreme part, they want to co- completely eradicate something. Mm-hmm. They don't. They want it to be deplatformed. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. They never want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people even say cancel culture doesn't exist. It isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And that comes from the that binary of if you say cancel culture, you must be right wing, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just a normal thing when it's really not. Yeah, it like a boycott is not a regular everyday thing. Right. People, it it requires special attention and planning, mm-hmm. and it always has. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Montgomery bus boycott. Um, when it comes to the statues and all that, I don't. It's hard for me to think of that as canceling because, you know, one, those weren't really riots. Those were more like revolutions. Yeah. You know? yeah. And when it comes to those statues, those were put up as specific signs of oppression. Like yes, most of exactly. those statues were put up during the 60s, during yep. the 50s and 60s, because they, you know, they wanted to make sure that like the black people that were fighting for their rights knew 
their history. Yeah, it was. I, I watched for uh, or I watched Amend last night on Netflix, right. and we were they were talking about that that a lot of those statues were put up merely as a push back from states looking at you, South Carolina, that didn't that that were clinging on to states' rights as a meaning to hold on to racism. And so for me, when I think about the statues, like we have history, we're going to have history, but we don't need a, a statue of it. Now I'm not saying that I wasn't out there pulling any of them down, but I do think that in this instance, right because I think we should break it down case by case a little bit if we can. I think that when we're talking about the statues from this summer, it was, it was in fact, they were put up as a weapon. They weren't put up as a memory. And anyone who says they were is probably a white person. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no black people like, we want to remember our heritage because it's not true. That's the, those were put up as an effort to harm and divide. And so for me, that isn't cancel culture. But that's when we started to hear the right put out that narrative, like, oh, they just want to get rid of history. And I totally agree. And as a history teacher, I can tell you, um, it, you can read a book and learn about this stuff still. Like we're not, we're not getting rid of history. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't do it. You know, even, even through real efforts, like the efforts by like McGraw Hill, who writes in majority of our textbooks to actually erase history, mm -hmm. real historians, like they keep that stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Archive. Yeah, it's not and like we were the Christians and we were out there burning books or anything. The books yeah, are still good. No, the Christians didn't get like to them no, yet. Like no library of Alexandria stuff is going on, you know, but a statue is not made to learn from. A statue is made to glorify. We know that. Yep. So, so when you put those up, you're glorifying that ideal. You're glorifying white supremacy. You just yep. are. And especially when you look at some of these statues getting torn down, like go try to tear down the Lincoln Monument. You can't. Mm -hmm. you can't. You can tear down a Confederate monument like that because mm -hmm. they were thrown up so quickly. They're like pinatas. Yeah. You know, they're like big racist pinatas. They are. They are. And that shows just how quick they were put up. So, no, to me, that's not cancel culture. But you know, one thing that I heard that was, and because I did a ton of like video watching and I read a couple articles today. And one of the things that I didn't like that I heard was when people were like, the justice system doesn't work quick enough. So we need to work faster. We need to do it. Mm -hmm. That's when I think you get into that dangerous realm. Okay. When you want to completely deplatform people, mm -hmm. you know, and completely deplatform music. Um, and that's where, to me, it really gets into that art issue. Mm -hmm. Who really owns it? Mm -hmm. you, know? you know, for example, R. Kelly, mm -hmm. someone who, if there was someone who could have, should have gotten canceled, it's R. Kelly. R. Kelly should have gotten canceled 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. It wasn't, it was specific communities that, kept him alive mm -hmm. you know the black community for a long time continued to support r kelly mm -hmm. and and not by and large because he really was he was not he has not been mainstream for quite some time mm -hmm. there are still people you know the majority of his audience comes from the black community that supported him but the thing about r kelly is 
now that we know all of the horrible, disgusting stuff that so many people were already assuming about him, mm-hmm. now that it got exposed, go back and listen to his music. Mm-hmm. Is it bad? No. No, his music's still good. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, because New Space Jam's coming out in a few months, and I was looking at a bunch of pictures this week about it, and it made me think, man, are they going to redo I Believe I Can Fly? And I'm like, man, I really hope they don't. Yeah. Because one, he's going to profit from it because he wrote that song. True, true. Two, I'm like, you. that was an amazing song. Yeah. That is a supremely talented person. R. Kelly has a gift. He is also a piece of garbage. (laughs) And we live in a, we live in a moment, you know, in a fallible world where that's, that's possible. And I think that's, I think that's part of the whole conversation that you have to have around the idea of cancel culture, because everybody is fallible and especially in um in an intersectional movement in an intersectional moment in history like we're in right now right speaking of intersectionality with with uh, regards to race with regards to orientation and gender and even within those minorities that are feeling the the like oppression right now even with them you know e- even with the minority communities intersecting there's so there has to be room for people to grow like we can't just there there's some people like they deserve the axe like hitler like let's cancel that like let's cancel that right but there are some people who there's there's an example that's escaping me right now but someone recently offered an apology oh i think it was justin timberlake justin timberlake about britney right because the britney doc- documentary any gay men any um you know a lot of folks honestly from the early 2000s probably watched a documentary right and i wasn't sure how i felt about justin timberlake's re- response to being called out about how he treated britney but also in my mind i have to remember that he was a, a essentially a kid right because in your young adulthood your your brain is still forming and he was you know a superstar right so do we cancel Justin Timberlake or do we allow him the opportunity to apologize and and develop and and put growth on display? Yes. And it's it's that but it's also I think that a lot of people they look at a documentary like that and I, I didn't watch it but I heard enough about it. You look at a documentary like that and you're like, "Oh my gosh, people were so disgusting. People were so terrible." But then I like, you know, look around, I'm like, I'm 30. Some people that are saying this stuff is so disgusting, terrible are in their forties. Right. You participated in that. Don't like, don't come for Justin Timberlake before saying, what role did I play in this? What did I teach young girls by participating in this? Yep. That's what I think our actual responsibility is. It's not saying that you had, you know, it's not trying to draw a false equivalency between you and Justin Timberlake. Right. But what it's saying is you don't have a lot of control over Justin Timberlake. Right. You do have a lot of control over yourself. Absolutely. Try to learn from that first before you go on Facebook and before you go on Twitter and start blowing people up. Because one thing could actually make a change in yourself the other makes you feel good yeah you know that that's what i that's what i think about when it comes to things like that how can we learn from it because you look into anybody's past 
And there are terrible things that people have done. There are terrible things that I have done that I'm ashamed of mm-hmm. that I try to learn from. I don't black them out. Right. And then try to project that, you know, that pain onto someone else. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, mm. It's so interesting because I want to bring up a little bit of a personal example right now. I was, I was just scr- scrolling through these these responses on the, the page and they're so good. And I want to meet them with like a little bit of honesty uh, yeah. from, from myself. And so uh, I, I've spoken to a couple people about this and I haven't spoken about it publicly yet. I plan to make like a full video at some point with my thoughts. But um, this this summer, I was doing a lot uh, in the community in regards to Black Lives Matter stuff, right? And I made a giant sculpture. And when I say giant, it is like a five foot tall fist, just a fist, right? I've never actually sculpted before. So naturally I decided to start with the five foot tall anatomical figure because that's really explains who I am as a person right there. No chill. (laughs) Um, But I took that to a city council meeting and uh, because our mayor, uh, whose name is Bill Alio, you can contact him through the city of Olean website if you'd like to let him know how you feel, please do, because he's in power right now and has a chance to run again. But our mayor, Bill Alio, seems to believe that we don't have an issue with racism. And he said he asked some people and, you know, he was hearing back that we didn't have an issue. And I, I'm willing to bet that he asked like his other eight white, you know, old stereotypical straight cis, you know, churched men, whatever. But I, I took this statue to a city council meeting because I wanted to, I, I can only say mu- so much as a white person. And so I wanted to do something that wasn't using my voice, but that I was putting work into, right? To raise awareness of what's happening. So I made this giant statue and the statue was covered with quotes um, that were taken from public Facebook pages, j- just public Facebook pages of people that lived in or around Olean, so our general area, in the time between the George Floyd lynching and this city council meeting, which had only been maybe two, three months tops. And there was so many quotes that I couldn't fit them around the entirety of a five foot tall statue, right? And the majority, not the majority, but there was an overwhelming amount of quotes that were just the N word. And so when I was speaking at the city council meeting, because they literally ignored the fist, I took it into the meeting and I set it right in front of the mayor direct like like it's right there and oh sorry and he um he didn't he didn't say anything like that whole time he didn't he didn't acknowledge the statue he didn't uh, just even look at it you know what I mean he just kind of looked around it as if he had a giant blind spot right and that really really frustrated me and so um I, I had a chance to do to speak at that moment and I stood up and I read some of the the quotes that were off of it but uh something happened where my phone had shut off in the middle so I was just going by memory and so I, I was speaking and and I said the n-word right and so I'm quoting the um the quotes right from the Facebook page, but I, I, I chose to use the N word and I, and I, I debated it. It was a tough decision, right? Because I don't say that word regularly, but I felt like the mayor and the council and everybody was blatantly ignoring these literal written things. And so I've had a chance to talk to a couple um, black community members since then. And, and they've really lovingly, to be honest, brought up the fact to me that like that was actually really divisive and hurtful to some people. But what they did 
instead of cancel me was talk to me. Well, some of them canceled me, but that's like a whole nother thing. Um, but, but, but they, they talked to me and we had a chance to dialogue about that. And I had a chance to grow. Um, and I actually had a really great conversation with one of our aldermen about how, like, if this was an urban environment and this protest was taking place in an urban environment, and I was to say those things, there likely would have been a different reaction, right? But the reality is, is that I hurt some feelings um, and, and my best of intentions came up short and it was my fault and I own that. But I think that that was a moment where I could have been canceled, but instead I had a chance to learn and grow. And I feel like that's, we have to give people that Petri dish in which to grow, right? But we also have to hold people accountable. So like, where do you, what do you think the line is? What, you know, some, some people gave ideas on the feed about what makes it cancel culture, what makes it beneficial, but do you have any ideas on that? Like, what would you think would be a good more, so to speak? And that's, and that's so hard because, you know, I, and it's, it's difficult and it goes against the kind of society we have now, but I think it's all about a case by case basis. Yeah. And that's frustrating because it's not easy at all. Mm-hmm. You know, people want hot takes now. That's what our society, that's what our pop culture is all built on. Absolutely. You know? So when it comes to something like that, okay, you got to really look into intent. Mm-hmm. Your intention was good. Mm-hmm. You got caught up and you, you tried to do something for impact. Mm-hmm. You know? I've done the exact same thing. You know, it comes, it really comes with the territory mm-hmm. of speaking in public like that. Mm-hmm. Because you are using your emotions to fuel you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's a fine line. I've done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it really has to be a case by case basis. And we have to really think about the person's intent. We have to think about the person's history as mm-hmm. well. You know, um, this, this is where, uh, you know, I think we need to bring this up. Uh, J.K. Rowling, for example. Yeah, this is a great, this is a great one to talk about, especially because we do have a, a lot of Harry Potter pan, fans that, that have, we've had, had comments about this. And we have a lot of um, trans people on this page. And so I, I think it's a good, a good conversation to have. No, and I can't, I obviously can't speak from the trans community, you know, I'm not trans. I'm not part of the LGBTQ community. I'm an ally. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be, but fantasy novels. I love fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter is not my book. You know, I'm a Lord of the Rings person, mm-hmm. but I have the advantage of having an art, an author of my story that's dead. So he can't do anything. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling, she's the books that she came out with, Harry Potter changed people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that book for people our age, like you grew up with those books. Yeah. Well, I didn't because Christians canceled Harry Potter. <laughs> and isn't that wild? The fact that, you know, n- like Christians canceled Harry Potter because of the obvious witchcraft. And now and... many people on the left are 
canceling that book as well because so i think maybe she needs to be canceled right i don't know i don't know where we're going with this but like if the christians cancel you and the and the heretics cancel you like you you gotta be canceled no but you, and you can never but that's the thing you can't ever take away the fact that those books had a deep impact on people's lives yes and i think that speaks to your point about who owns this yes so when it comes when it comes to art in, in my opinion, once I've taken that art and it's made an impact on me, I have ownership of that. Mm -hmm. You as the artist no longer own it. It's mine now because of how it made me feel the impact it has on me, what it means. Yeah. And I, so I don't feel shame in that, you know, and I've read... I've read, you know, Lord of the Rings a number of times. And as I grew up, you know, we, I, I always say when it comes to these things, you never step in the same river twice. Mm -hmm. So every time you read these books, you're getting a different story because you're a different person. Yeah. And a few years ago when I read them, the Lord of the Rings, I was like, wow, there's a lot of things in here that could be seen as almost like a white supremacist novel mm -hmm. where it's i mean literally they're the men of the west mm -hmm. and they're fighting against the evil encroaching forces of the east the only people of color in the books are like orcs maybe you could see as people of color i don't see it as that but they have the men of the east the haradrim that come in with spears speak a weird language use bow and arrows and then ride on elephants mm written for, by a guy from Britain. Hmm. That's imperialism. Yeah. You know? Yes, it is. <laughs> I've it's never seen it broken down like that before. Yeah. It's about, <laughs> it's about Arab, Arab people. However, even though I look now, I'm like, hmm, he probably knew what he was doing there. That's probably not good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the fact that when, you know, I think of those stories, it brings me back to when I was 12. Right. You know, for the first time, it doesn't, you know, stop me from thinking about, you know, the fact that throughout this entire pandemic, the one line that kept going through my head is, you know, or, and I never can repeat it when I'm actually like, you know, being recorded or something like that. But it's the fact that you can't pick the time that you live in. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. all you can do is decide what, what to do with the time that's given to you. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if tomorrow I find out that J.R.R. Tolkien was a horrible disgusting criminal mm -hmm. that line still changed me and i shouldn't be ashamed about it i think that people try to purge that stuff from their lives people that are you know i've been on message boards and they were talking about harry potter and they're like well i got rid of all my harry potter books and i'm like oh, okay i understand that if if it disgusted you that much but you know, and they're like, even though I'd really, really like to play the game and I'd really like to watch the movies again and I'd love to read those books again, I never will. And I'm like, okay, but, but why? Yeah. To me, that's because you feel shame. Yeah. And you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't feel shame for what you've enjoyed in the past. You should learn from it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, when you're reading those books to your kids, you're not going to tell them. And it was written by this great woman, J.K. Rowling. She's a wonderful person. No, you say right. it's written by this woman who's done some really bad stuff. But we can learn from these stories. Mm -hmm. That that's 
that's my idea of it. But that is not coming from someone who is in a community that has been attacked by this woman. Right. The other perspective that you have. Yeah. And I see, I think that's the hard part because uh, for me, I've been canceled by my entire goddamn heritage. (laughs) Like me as a person, because I came out as as, uh, a lesbian and then as trans and then as non-binary because apparently I like coming out. I don't know. But um, I was canceled by my own denomination, right? By my own heritage. I don't have an ethnic background. You know, that is my background and I was canceled by them. Um, so I, so I, have, I have so many mixed feelings about this because there's part of me that's like, I'm, I'm not going to give up any more of my heritage because someone else tells me I have to. And maybe that maybe that's where it lands on an individual level when it comes to something like this, like a work that's already happening. Right. Uh, Maybe it's it's this is the private face of an issue. And then there's the public face, because I think publicly J.K. Rowling should be canceled at this point because she's got a track record. Um, But that I also think speaks to the to the division between the, you know, public ramifications of cancel culture and the private ramifications of cancel culture, because I think if if you are a celebrity, and if you are a public facing person that you have to understand that whether you want it or not, you have a higher level of responsibility. Because as someone who's in the public eye, you're always speaking to the craziest person in the room. And I hate to say that, but it's true. You're always speaking to the lowest common denominator. And as a celebrity and as a leader, you are responsible for what the most unstable person that hears your message Here's you saying, right? And so you got J.K. Rowling out there, and she is spouting absolute turf, trans, exclusionary, radical, feminist BS over and over and over again. So, so, yeah. so she has a public responsibility, and she's not fulfilling that responsibility. So I cancel. I'm going to cancel her. Like I'm going to be done with her. Um, but I also don't think that anyone that found solace in her books should have to feel ashamed for liking her books, unless you read her books because she is a turf. Then buy, <laughs> right? But I think there's there's different ramifications for public and personal when it comes to this. And for me, I I, I have a less I have a less vested interest in J.K. Rowling because I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter as a kid. So for me to cancel J.K. Rowling is not a big deal because like I only saw the movie. I only saw the movie once. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that I think that the situation with her speaks to the idea of, of, of um, people who are in the public eye and the amount of responsibility that they hold for their actions. Because if you do something wrong in the public eye, you need to blatantly and clearly state that you were wrong and you need to prove that you are sorry and that you want to change by the consistency of your actions going forward. If you don't do that, then the bitch is canceled. And and this is the wild part. So she's, I believe that she's in the billions now. I believe that she is a billionaire. She's still going to be a billionaire. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Not, doesn't matter what happens to her online or if people stop buying her stuff or she's still going to be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. It's still going to happen. So, and that's kind of a two-edged sword. So to me, can she really be affected by the you know economic decisions that individuals make? Mm-hmm. No especially the people that are getting rid of the books that they already have owned for 20 years. She already cashed in on that, huh? Mm-hmm. But also by me still buying things from her, which I don't, mm-hmm. but if I did, 
it doesn't make that big of an impact either. Mm-hmm. And that's where the tough part comes in. That's what I really wanted to hit on today because I read an article that said the cancel culture, we have this idea that it's controlled by the left, mm-hmm. right? When it's it's really not. Mm-hmm. On a local level, it's controlled by people. And then you get the mob mentality and then you get the, and the, that's a problem. I like what you said about celebrities because we should hold them to a higher standard because their entire, our entire relationship with them is about money. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I want to do your product, so I'm going to pay you for it. That's the only relationship we have. You know, we deify celebrities so damn much. Absolutely. We don't need to. You don't know them at all. Yeah. You know, you are their customer. That's it. And you can like someone's work and not like them. Yes. Which also brings me to another famous uh, instance of cancel culture. We could talk about that because I think that that is very interesting because, you know, we have country singers being canceled now for being racist and everybody's pissed. But people seem to be forgetting that in the early 2000s, country music canceled canceled the chicks because they made a statement of dissent about George Bush which they were totally valid in because he was an asshat. So, no, I'm just kidding. I don't want to start any fighters, but, uh, but you know, so, so they were canceled. They were literally sent death threats because they spoke up. People told them to shut up and sing because their life would be over if they did it. Yeah. Yes. It's, so it's so funny that people want to pl- claim it's a leftist agenda. And, and when it comes to the chicks, when it comes to the Dixie chicks, like, one, they were extremely ahead of their time. They because, were. Because like now I listen to multiple podcasts that are like, ah, George Bush is a war criminal. Right. And they just said, we're ashamed that he's from Texas. That's it. it. So, but meanwhile, in like country and rock music and music that's big on the right, like you have Ted Nugent oh that's on stage saying that like Michelle Obama should, you know, suck on his machine gun. Mm-hmm. And like bringing guns on stage and literally like, I'm going to go shoot the, the president. Like these things are happening, but that's okay because you're all right with that narrative. Mm-hmm. You're not all right with that one. The thing that happened to the Dixie Chicks is the thing that I hate the most and it's deplatforming something. Mm-hmm. And I hate it not because these companies don't have the right to do that. If I'm Disney, I don't want to associate my brand with Gina Carano anymore. Bye, you're fired. Mm-hmm. You know, If I'm spotify and i don't want you to be up anymore goodbye you know um same thing with twitter and facebook getting trump out there goodbye mm-hmm. you know that's their right as a company the problem is these companies these corporations are too big mm-hmm. country radio like it sounds ridiculous that we say radio now is 2021 right radio is still king yeah when it comes to country music yeah. like the radio controls everything so that's why, like, on all these reports of, like, Morgan Whalen, they're like, they're, he's not getting played on country radio anymore. People are like, who cares? You can still download his music. You can, but guess what? That is the biggest platform for country artists. Yeah. So that is huge. Do they all have the right to do that? Yes. But these corporations are, you know, so big. Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Spotify. Like, they, it controls so much of our entertainment so much of what we can consume in art and it's so big and to me when you completely deplatform people you that is censorship 
but mm -hmm. it is censorship because these corporations are too large. Right. You know, and that's not what capitalism is supposed to be. It is not supposed to ever be controlled by a certain number of companies uh -huh. that all tend to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I, that's the part of it that I don't like. It's that these corporations, these platforms are far too large. When you talk about the Dixie Chicks, you couldn't buy a CD. You couldn't listen to them on the radio. You couldn't do a thing for over a year. Yeah, long ass time. Over a year. And and I mean, look at uh, Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Held in the you know in the magazine when she had the president's uh, President Trump's head up, she it got to the point where she had trouble getting back into the country because she was put on no fly lists. Like that's the real stuff where I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, that's how it act. That's when it gets scary. Yeah, there's a weird intersection there where corporate interests are really at the root of it because it's not about what's right or wrong it's about what's going to make or lose and what you know what i mean what they can sustain and what they're willing to give up if they're going to lose this or if they're going to lose that and i think that's maybe maybe yet another level of cancel culture right so i mentioned i mentioned uh private and i mentioned public maybe we need to talk about economic you know what i mean oh, yeah. uh, there's a million things that we could talk about with capitalism. It's coming up on a podcast, so stay tuned. But, but like, I think it really is, it is an issue because like, like with Facebook, right, right now they're canceling everybody left and right. I was canceled for posting a completely verified news article where I didn't post anything original. I reposted it from the, from the justice coalition page and I got canceled. I got, I got uh, cut off for 24 hours and I wasn't allowed to go live for 30 days. So Ooh. like, yeah, yeah, it was it was your it was your article. Berg, like you did it. it. It's insane the fact that something like that can happen. I'm on a, a group of a BIPOC group, um, and they don't allow you to um post the word white. Mm -hmm. You have to like abbreviate it or something because they're so worried about getting censored. They're yeah. so worried about people's accounts getting shut down. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. That's something where I'm like, like that is insane. Yeah. You know, and so, so maybe like that's, that's stopping the conversation. Right. And okay. I don't think that that's beneficial because in America, we have an issue with having a conversation. We yeah. all know this. America is like a small child during a tantrum in so many ways. We've lost the ability to think critically and to discuss critically, right? So when Facebook is 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 censoring people like that is stopping the chance for productive conversation to occur. But yeah. if I literally will not attend or listen to or pay for, you know, anything that going forward will benefit J.K. Rowling, that's stopping the conversation. But it's the conversation that's already happened and she hasn't changed or been willing to grow at all. And that's a personal decision that you make. That's the difference. If you don't like something, you're not going to buy it, mm -hmm. you know, and that exchange, that is what capitalism is. Mm -hmm. that's fine what's what to me is not okay is if people do not have the opportunity to buy it that's a that to me is a problem because that's not how capitalism is supposed to work whether you think capitalism works or not that is that is that an issue. not so um, maybe there's like some roots of cap uh, of cancel culture within capitalism innately then oh yeah i mean it it comes down to this especially now 
we don't have the power when it comes to canceling people. Corporations do. Mm-hmm. You know, these enterprises do. And now they know it. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that ticks me off. Mm-hmm. Because like Dr. Seuss, for example. And the cool thing is, like, my mom brought me these today. These were three of the books that are no longer published. And like any good liberal, I'm going to burn them on camera. You know, no. And I'm not going to do that for a number of reasons. But one, if you go on eBay right now, these books are selling for $300 a pop. That's fucking crazy. Secondary market. Okay. What? Also, and, hey, Lori, how's it going? She's watching yeah, now. She's yes. dropping comments. Of course. <laughs> hey, mom. And the one... The, the one woman who had Dr. Seuss as her cover, she's probably buying Dr. Seuss right now for like left and right. And someone's just like, oh, okay, like whatever, you know. Don't they buy high, sell low? Isn't that the thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is the thing. So with with these books on the secondary market, they're going for that much. Guess who just hit the New York Times bestseller list? Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Multiple books. You're telling me that the Seuss Foundation, who hasn't published these books in a number of years, okay, who have like 90 different publications to their names, who are making movies, and for some reason, like, the Grinch thing that was on NBC where, like, Mr. Schuster is, like, getting, that was, that was not okay. That should have been canceled, okay? If people know what I'm talking about, it was disgusting, okay? You're telling me that they didn't know that they were going to get a bump from this. Mm-hmm. The corporations are the ones controlling cancel culture. Eminem, for example, okay? There, there's a couple people on my Facebook have been saying, like, they're trying to cancel Eminem. And I'm like, who is they again? But, but it came from the fact that, like, some Gen Z kid put up a video and they're like, we got to cancel Eminem because of these horrible lyrics. And it was like one of Eminem's most tame songs where he... Um, <laughs> like they didn't even get into the discography? No. It was Love the, the Way You Lie, which actually talks about spousal abuse. And it shows you like, this is bad. And they're like, we got to cancel him because he wants to beat his wife. He wants to beat Rihanna. And I'm like, have you listened to Kim? <laughs> like, like are you are you kidding you know but it's stuff like that we're like we're gonna cancel eminem that it wasn't a story mm-hmm. it was one video mm-hmm. and then a bunch of people responded to that video saying how ridiculous it was to the point where good morning america they had it on on friday saying like gen z wants to cancel eminem no that's not a thing it didn't happen that's not a real movement you yeah. know I had a coworker that said, well, they tried to cancel Paw Patrol. No. Oh my God. No one did that. Nope. But because it's such a thing now, Good Morning America will pick up that story. Yep. And they put it on their YouTube page and people will click on it and comment it. And then Good Morning America gets paid because they get all the monetization from it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. This thing that it's such it's such a scam now yeah. and that's why when it comes to cancel culture and people are like oh it's it's not a thing i wish it was just this normal kind of thing mm-hmm. i i wish it was like those old school boycotts and stuff mm-hmm. because those bus companies legit got like starved out 
Now it's not like that. Morgan Whalen, who got you know banned from all country radio, mm-hmm. he made more sales in in those two weeks afterwards than he ever had before. Yo, that's an interesting commentary on on the situation too. Oh yeah, because it's people then saying the same people that are saying, "Oh, he shouldn't be canceled," are the ones buying his stuff, which yeah. means he's not canceled. Yeah, it's and that's where it's so frustrating because I support people using the power of the purse as consumers because that's all we have. It is, and in a capitalist society, absolutely. That's all we got. And I support the fact that people of color and marginalized people are now finally able to make an impact and create some change that doesn't take over a year like the Montgomery bus boycott. Yeah. Or like, you know, like a hundred, like the 14th amendment. Yeah. (laughs) And, but it's, and it's insane to me that we can have all this positive stuff and then corporations can still find a way to profit. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, corporations have been doing it. Corporations have been on what's whatever the opposite of cancel culture is. What's what's the antonym of cancel? I don't know. But the, whatever is the opposite of cancel culture. Um, corporations have been on that too. They'll like slap pink all over stuff and sell it for breast, can- breast cancer awareness one, but it's not actually doing anything. It's just them marketing off, you know, making money off people's emotions. And so I think we have to be skeptical of anything that comes out that like is definitely anything that's monetized. If it has to do with the product, like we should be, we should be skeptical about that right off the bat. Right. Because I want to know, I want to think more critically about what's actually happening. Right. Um, you have to, otherwise that's just a capitalist game and it's not actually getting to the heart of the issue. And with that being said, I think the heart of the issue is that there are complicated and problematic things that happen on a daily basis. We can't just ignore that, right? Uh, We have to have some sort of response to it, but the single most lacking critical skill in popular society is the ability to dialogue, especially around issues that are tense, right? And I think we have to have a serious conversation with that because without that, we, we literally can't even have a conversation about cancel culture. <laughs> no. And, and it's just like everything else in our society, the social media aspect of it makes it so that we are so connected and constantly having a dialogue, but really we're, we're not getting into the important dialogues. Yep. Them. Yeah. It's just yelling. Yes. And it's, it's quick. It's fast. It's, you know, and I, I teach teenagers and I've even noticed when I teach them sometimes that when they're having like debates or conversations, when somebody makes a good point, um, I started noticing some of the teenagers were like, yeah, yeah, and like clapping and snapping and stuff. And then I noticed some of the students were just trying to make points. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to have a conversation. They were just trying to roast somebody, just trying yep. to and on that's that's Facebook, that's Instagram, that's everything on social media. And I think that's a lot of what this cancel culture thing is. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to burn people. Don't listen, don't learn, just get to your point. Just mm-hmm. make it not take. And for some of these issues, they take a long time to digest. There's nuance. There, there are things that we really need to evaluate. Yeah. And when it needs to go so hot so fast, you know, 
that people are just getting burned. And then for some people, there's never any going back. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the comments that I saw was, when is an apology enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend Matt definitely mentioned that. Like, at what point is it enough and who gets to decide? And that's, and that's the thing is, because we're so tribal now, because, and I, and I got upset last weekend because I was driving around and I saw people that still had not even Biden signs, but Biden flags up. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yo, it's, it's March. It's done. <laughs> it's, it is long done. Yep. But something like that, I'm like, holy crap, like that's very tribal to me. And then I looked around and like you have people that I, I can tell some people I know what their talking points are going to be if I watch MSNBC or if I watch Fox News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And the left sometimes is a little bit easier because I know what your, if you're hardcore left, and by that I don't mean like socialist. I don't mean progressive. Because there's I, not a real left in America. No. <laughs> I mean, like you're a Rachel Maddow dedicated MSNBC watching, like, I don't understand why Hillary lost. (laughs) And, you know, the go-to corporate Democrat is what I call them. And I know your talking points because you let the right control your talking points. Mm -hmm. Do whatever the right isn't doing. You do the opposite. And that to me is such a group think. Yeah it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's not good. Mm -hmm. And it's also not authentic. Yes. And that's the biggest problem. Yeah. No, don't tell me that when you read through a doctor, the Dr. Seuss books that are no longer in publication, don't tell me that forever you have been like, these are bad. These are wrong. No, no, you haven't. Mm -hmm. You haven't. And maybe that makes you feel a certain way. Good. Sit with that. Yep. Learn. But don't, let's not get to the point where we are no longer thinking as individuals. Yeah. I you think know? that's, I think that's really what it winds around to. Cause there's no one answer. There's no one conversation about cancel culture. And as you mentioned, there's no, there's no one response because it really does need to be taken uh, situation by situation. And I think that that's at the heart of what ails us when in terms of cancel culture. And it's at the heart of what ails us in general in society, especially when it comes to having meaningful, meaningful dialogue, is that it is all groupthink. We've lost the ability to think critically in modern society. We want fast food that we don't make. We want fast diet answers that we don't work for. We want fast religion that we don't question or analyze. I said what I said. And we want fast news that we don't have to sift through. But the thing is, is that fast is not good for you. Every A lot of people saw supersize, right? Fast food does not make your body do what it needs to do for you to be a healthy person. It's the same with fast thought. You have to think critically and stop simply following people off a cliff. And I think that's really maybe for those of you who are watching, we didn't have a plan for this conversation. This conversation is 100 percent unscripted. Um, But I think perhaps maybe that's what we're working around to throughout this whole conversation is that that understanding that group think and mob mentality is is what keeps us from having meaningful dialogue and deciding if something does indeed need to be canceled. Yeah. And, 
it it needs to be an individual uh, decision. It does. The, and what you just said about wanting everything fast—that is the difference. Mm -hmm. And that is the part, you know, that as a historian, that's the part that bothers me. Mm -hmm. Because you you can't compare right now two things that have happened in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the people that I think has been canceled um, in the United States history is um, Hajim Malik Al Shabazz, which is Malcolm X. Okay. Part of the reason why we still call him Malcolm X is because a lot of the people that control that narrative don't want to talk about the fact that he was a Muslim. Right. You know? And part of the people that don't want to talk about him at all is because that he actually dared to talk about, like, well, this is a revolution. Mm -hmm. You know? Same thing with um, you know, Fred Hampton. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't want to talk about the Black Panthers. We don't want to talk about the Nation of Islam. We don't want to talk about, like, these you know, black power movements mm -hmm. that has been erased, you know, as a, a person of color who black history and just minority history was really my only tie to the black community when I was younger, mm -hmm. you know, learning about that, that is, that was erased. Mm -hmm. You know, all I learned about was Martin Luther King. Those things were erased. However, because they had a foundation you could not get rid of them because mm -hmm. I could find them out. What we're doing now is we're equating something like that. Well, look at what they did in, in the past to Black people. Look at what they did. We need to do that. No, we don't need to do that. We still want people to learn. Mm -hmm. I don't want to cancel slavery. I want that to never go away. Mm -hmm. You know? I want us to always have to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we have we, to wrestle with it. Yes, always. That's a part, that is what history is. We cannot eradicate it. Even if you, the most woke, left, progressive, whatever, you don't get to just not talk about that. Mm -hmm. We have to talk about that. And it's important. Mm. You know? It's so similar. I feel like that's a, a similar parallel um, to when people say they're colorblind. Uh, and a lot of good, good, good people don't realize what's being said there. But what's being said there is, I don't see you. I don't see what's unique about you. I don't see what's different about you. I don't see what matters to you that I might not understand. So you can't, like, you can't cancel the conversation about race. And when we try to, we see the systemic fractures, right? With our fast food, we see the systemic fractures of diabetes. With our diet drugs, we see the, the fracture of physical illness and, and, and death being caused by this stuff. And with lack of critical thinking and ability to dialogue, we see the systemic fracture and the fact that people aren't connecting and, and no real progressive, meaning making progress, conversation is happening, right? And you can't just, you, you can't you can like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but one doesn't exist in my brain at the moment. Like you can talk about slavery without continuing to repeat it, right? Absolutely. But also you don't need a monument to it to remember that it happened. Exactly. It, it's, you have to have, there's a nuance in all of these conversations. Absolutely. And the thing that, you know, the, the one comment on here that like made me really think 
about this. Um, someone said in LA, like they can't even go to a local concert anymore because so many local bands mm -hmm. are getting shut down and can't get and can't book anything. Mm -hmm. When it comes to small scene stuff, when it comes to normal people, you know, there are people that everybody has made mistakes. For me, I think a part of criminal justice is the fact that I want people to go to prison and then rehabilitate to join our society again. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I believe in. Yeah. You know, I, I think you need to be able to learn from your mistakes. I'm not going to just throw you away. That's not yeah. the point. Yeah. When it comes to the court of public opinion, I think sometimes we don't allow people to do that. Agreed. There are some things that are so awful that you know, that I can never truly forget what you've done. Mm -hmm. you know, yep. Many different things like that. But that doesn't mean that I think that you should have a terrible life. Right. Yeah. And I mean, even if you are, so I think some of this too speaks to the character of the party that's like, you know, creating the quote unquote cancelable, cancelable event. Right. And so there's something like, like if you know that someone has character, and they're they're willing to hear the conversation and and listen and not just listen to respond or defend but hear the conversation and they have character and they're going to synthesize that information that's that's one of those things that you do in the local level on the local scene where you, where you have a chance to actually really affect change instead of just canceling right um but then if that like with jk rowling man she just keeps fucking going it's like when you're a kid when you're a kid you're like if you stop now i will not have to get you in trouble yeah. If you say one more word, you will have to be grounded for this long. Like It's that same sort of thing, right? So J.K. Rowling, she said one more word and then 20 more, right? But maybe, well, this remains to be seen with Justin Timberlake, but maybe we'll get, we'll see some sort of uh, evolution there, right? Maybe. And and that's it. And she always just keeps going. Yeah. Like every time I see a tweet that someone's like, J.K. Rowling's at it again. And I'm like, no one asked you to do this. <laughs> but but with with her, she's still a billionaire. Mm -hmm. She's gonna be fine. Don't buy her stuff anymore. I totally like. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, you know. Um. But regular people, if I find out that you know you did same horrible thing, you you came committed a crime, you committed an offense. I'm not going to call your job and tell and say that you should get fired. Mm -hmm. You know, I am not going to try to make your, make it so that you cannot make ends meet, that you don't get a moment of solace. That is not right, in my opinion, to continue to punish and punish and punish. And that is what I think is toxic. Yeah. You know, we're going to make it so you cannot survive celebrities and regular people need to be seen on different playing fields mm -hmm. you know because i've had people try to cancel me you know yeah. over the summer there was a number of videos posted about me and you know a few of them were my words a few of them were complete lies you know i was accused of um trying to assault an elderly man and yeah and I can tell you that when stuff like that happens, it affects 
so much like it depressed it made me extremely anxious and extremely depressed for days when that mm -hmm. stuff happened mm -hmm. it doesn't leave you so knowing how that feels and that was me trying to you know speak up for social justice in my community mm -hmm. i don't want that to happen to anyone mm -hmm. i want some i want everyone to be able to put food on their table no matter how terrible they are mm -hmm. You know, and that I think is the biggest thing we need to remember is that when it comes to regular people, yeah, you know, it, we we can't hold them to the same standard. Yeah, you know, we can it, hold them to a standard, right? We can yeah. hold them to that standard of you have been put on notice, like this is not okay. Well, I'm not your friend. Yeah. Like, I don't have to like you. I don't have yeah. to hate you. I don't have to feel anything about you. That's, yeah. that's one thing where I wish more people would get is like being friends with someone and hating them. Like, that's not the only thing that you can do. You can have no feeling towards someone whatsoever. Yeah. You know, so if I pass you on the street, I'm literally just going to pass you on the street. I'm not going to flick you off. I'm not going to say hi. Yeah. You mean anything to me and that's yeah. okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, but there's so, it's such an in-depth issue you know when it comes to cancel culture that is and to me it always goes back and i'm going off on a tangent now someone earlier said something about colin kaepernick oh yeah they canceled, they canceled colin kaepernick and i'm like in a way yes but in a way he kind of did it to himself because he he knew that by doing what he was doing that he he was willing to risk his livelihood, his job, his career. Right. That right. But also, the NFL was able to do that to him because at the time he wasn't a starting quarterback. Right. At and they didn't kick him out. They just basically no team wanted that distraction. Yeah. You know, same thing happened to Tim Tebow. Yeah. Nobody wanted to sign Tim Tebow because as a backup, why do I want Tim Tebow as a backup who's going to get more attention than my starting quarterback? Right. Same with Colin Kaepernick. You're telling me that an NFL franchise right now can sign Colin Kaepernick and just go about their daily business? No. Yeah. yeah. It's not worth it. So again, the corporations are controlling all of it. I was just going to say that's that's back to um, that's back to a converse, the conversation of capitalism and such. And I think that uh, it's funny because I feel like, you know, in Scooby-Doo where they pull the mask off and you see the villain, like every time we get to the end of one of these, it's, it's capitalism under the mask. Uh, but we were talking about that in regards to uh, to trans it's people. And it's just Milton Friedman. <laughs> every time. Well, could we have again? Um, but, no. that, you know we were talking about that about trans people in sports, like to a certain extent, when you sign up with a professional league, like that league is a business and that is a different entity than high school sports. And that the, you know, the professional sports is an aspect of capitalism. Also, the thing is, is like with the celebrity, with the politician, with anything, no one said that they were going, that they were going to be your role models. Like they don't need to be your role models. They're there doing a job and we need to delineate with that. No, I'm not saying that excuses or allows anything. I'm just pointing out the fact that like, we need to be more critical, right? There are famous people who don't deserve to be listened to. And there are, are you know, average people that deserve to have the biggest microphone in the area. And you have to just think critically and keep thinking critically and keep engaging and not go on autopilot. You can't go on autopilot just and that's the thing and 
And it's okay if your views don't line up with someone else's when it comes to what you consume. Mm-hmm. You know, just because someone doesn't cancel the same things you've canceled doesn't mean that they deserve to be canceled too. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what I don't like is when this stuff is applied to regular people. I have yeah. Harry Potter bu- books in my house because my wife, you know, read the series. She loves the series and her friend does too. That doesn't mean that we're anti-trans. Right. And that doesn't, but if you were to come into my home and you saw those books, you might feel a certain way. Right. And that's justifiable. Hopefully you wouldn't completely shut me down. Hopefully you'd be like, yo, what the hell is that? And I'd be like, yeah, Lindsay read those. I can't stand that turd of bitch. Yeah. You know, like, like that's, that's the conversation we would have. Blame it on the wife. <laughs> yes. Yes. All the other things in my home. Yeah. Yeah. Like then those are all problematic. Um, and I think that speaks to, I think, I think that speaks to the proximity and the rapport that you have with someone who you have direct contact with in your daily life. Yeah. And, oh man, it's just so, it, I feel like when we talked about this for over an hour, but I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. It's because there's so many, there's so many concurrent things happening, right? Like we're talking about cancel culture, but so far we've talked about like what is legitimate protest and boycott? What is, what is valuable social dissent? What is unnecessary capitalist driven, uh, driven marketing ploys? How do we, you know, how do we engage in dialogue in the public sphere in a way that it doesn't become just an all-out bloodbath like all of these things are so intertwined and i think not to be a not to not to beat a dead horse but i think it all goes back to that ability to think critically and engage you cannot go on autopilot you cannot go on autopilot and someone else think for you you cannot go on autopilot and let some corporation decide what you buy because of who says that you should buy it like you cannot go on autopilot on any of these and also you cannot go on autopilot when someone's telling you something from behind the pulpit because they're a human you can you know there are so many ways in which you as an individual the responsibility falls back on you to be critical not critical like a dick but like critical thinking like we've got to be critically thinking we're going to lose any nuance any beauty any tension any democracy we lose that if we can't engage critically absolutely i mean i think that you know that puts a nail on the head should I should I drop a mic? I don't have a mic, but I have a water bottle. <laughs> Done. I think it does. <laughs> yes. And and it just when it comes to these conversations, it, to me it comes down to this. In all of your decisions, just be authentic. Mm-hmm. Just be authentic. Because I think some sometimes we get into that group think. We get into that space because it's easy. It's charismatic. It's charismatic. You feel good when you you're feel like a, you're a part of a community. You're, I'm a part of something. I'm a part of a movement. Yep. We're gonna take them down. And it's this we mentality. Whenever you're in a group, you do abandon your individualism mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. How much of it? And when it gets into things like this is to me when it gets dangerous and usually when I start to rebel against the group because that's my thing. Right. You know, because I can never be happy. But um, it, 
you stop thinking, you stop critically thinking. Yeah. That's when it becomes dangerous. And that's why we're in a lot of the situations we're in now. That's why Trump got elected in many ways, because we weren't, we don't have people that were critically thinking, you know, that's, that's why, you know, so many things have happened. That's why the Black Lives Matter movement was so big this summer. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to you a number of times about it, but I was like, man, can't wait until after November when no one is going to keep marching for the Black Lives Matter movement. Right, right. Because, you know, that was over. And then the group is going to move on to something else. Right. And, you know, I can say something like white silence is violence. And I can put up a, you know, I can make my profile picture on social media black, but am I really going to do the work? And right. the work that really matters is the work in yourself. Mm-hmm. Changing yourself so your daily interactions with people are different, so they're positive, mm-hmm. because that's real harm that you're doing. Yep. You know, that is your platform. Yep. And, it, and to me... That's what I really want to see. Whoa. Like, I just know. had like a mind, yeah. a, a connection synergistic moment. Like when you abdicate your um, ability and responsibility to think critically, you deplatform yourself. I'm just going to hit end right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you lose a sense of agency. You lose a sense of agency. And if you have anything as a person, you always have your agency there's always some choice that you can make and you should do that till the day you die. There's a line and it goes back to the comic book thing. There's a line, um, famous line, Captain America line. And when it's when the mob and the crowds and the people in the army are all coming against you, you, your job is to stand like a tree and say, no, you move. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about these trends and these cancels and all this kind of stuff, look into yourself and evaluate it as an individual. If you agree with that, then go along with it. Mm-hmm. If not, then don't. And that's okay. Yeah. You also don't need to talk about it. Yeah. That's the stupidest thing in the world when people are talking about freaking you know, scrambled eggs, super. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't care what your take is on it. If you're going to go buy it, buy it. If you're not, don't. Who freaking cares? Just be about what you're about. Do the actual work instead of talking about it. Do the actual work. Because guess what? Dr. Seuss is dead, bro. Yeah. Doesn't care anymore. So the new title of this video, Dr. Seuss is dead, bro. Yeah. (laughs) And, and we didn't talk about the potato head. Oh, let's, pot- let's bring the potato started. head in. We got five minutes. Oh, potato head started because during the depression, people couldn't buy toys for their kids. So they had them play with freaking potatoes. And you can buy little kids to put eyeballs on the potato. My only question is when we're talking about, you know, we're going to rebrand potato head. One, why is this still a thing? Okay. Two, Potato Head never had a gender. Never. Stop. If if your biggest concern of the day is I want to make sure my kid knows that God created Adam Potato and Eve Potato, 
Give me a freaking break. <laughs> me a break they're potatoes they don't have gender sexual organs they have nothing it's nothing adam potato it's, and eve potato <laughs> people people are talking about it yeah they're talking about it like it's a thing and it's not and we're still playing with freaking potato heads yep yep exactly exactly and you're, and you're telling me like that when's the last time you talked about potato head yeah, exactly. Exactly. When saw, probably when you saw Toy Story. Yeah. And I read an article about it that I read an article about it that said they were really just kids um, have been playing with all of the potato heads intermixed forever. And so they took the they took the um, uh, what is it? This uh, prefix, this prefix, whatever it is. They took the prefix off of it um, so that they could sell the kits differently. Like it wasn't there was no trans people out there like take the gender out of my potato. It's not an issue. Potato this is a, gender is a social potato construct. It is. It is a social potato construct. Like, like, and that's the thing is like, no one did this. And then people just lost their mind. And then Hasbro was like, no, there's still a Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head. And then, <laughs> and then it just kept going around. And, and I'm just sitting here thinking like, my son has a potato head and you can make him into like half an octopus. Yep. Yep. And I'm Someone on the feed said, uh, my potato head uh, has a big old swinging dick. And I said, my potato head needs a big old swinging dick. And I said, it comes in the expansion pack. <laughs> but I think, I think that's a perfect note to end on, though, because the potato head situation had nothing to do with any activism of any sort. <laughs> it had everything to do with capitalism. Look what we have here. <laughs> and now, and I guarantee there was some crazed mom that went to walmart the next day and just bought them all yep yep someone's oh. out there sharpieing mister <laughs> <clears throat> they're vandalizing the truck or some shit like we gotta make I mean, sure the kids know about the gender of these potatoes like god intended <laughs> just just like i want my potatoes to have genitalia just like god intended that is gonna be the quote of this video that i repost <laughs> Well, with that note, my friend, I have to thank you so much, as always, for your thought, uh, because this is such a multifaceted issue. And I think to not to, to like brand myself, but the reason that I chose conversations as the platform and the idea and the ethos of what we're doing is because things are never solved in a monologue right? Things are solved in a dialogue. Things are solved in conversation. Relationships are built in conversation. And that's what this is for, to come together and have conversations that talk about potato genitalia or Malcolm X in the same one, perhaps. Same and, the, and the thing about that Malcolm too is- I will buy that potato too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and the thing about conversation too, if, if you look up the definition of conversation, because I did like any good pastoral ministry student would do, I looked up the definition, but the idea behind a conversation is that it's, it's communication between one or more part or two or more parties that has to, on some level, proceed uh, spontaneously. And so I love some of the stuff that comes up in the ether of the conversation. And I think we hit on a lot of good points. I'm definitely going to have a lot of polls, uh, quotes to pull out for sure. So if there's one thing, one thought that you could leave us with on the topic of cancel culture, positive, negative, uh, indifferent, something that you think that should be reinstated or that hasn't been stated, what, what would you throw out there? 
And I'm still so on the fence with this thing, with the whole freaking thing. The yeah. biggest thing I would say is if you're making a decision based on what you think your group would do, stop it. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking this is what a Democrat would do, stop it. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out what you are beyond we strive to be a part of. Mm -hmm. It, you know, and I, I hope that we get to a point where we're able to consume art and talk about all of the nuances of it and the nuance of the creators and know that no matter who they are, that they are extremely flawed individuals mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. all as we all are. Yes. And that is why their art is beautiful because it is a flawed product of a flawed person. Mm -hmm. Th that's the biggest thing to me. You know, it all should generate another conversation. It Absolutely. all, and, and that's the perfect thing here. You know, I want to be able to, and you know, in 20 years, listen to, you know, a Morgan Whalen song, the dude who, you know, got, mm -hmm got the video of him saying the n-word and be like wow i remember when he did that i remember when he got deplatformed and he's grown so much since then and now mm -hmm. he's making this beautiful music mm -hmm. that's what i hope to be able to do mm -hmm. you know yeah i hope that we can get there yeah i hope that we can give people the space to be able to grow you yep. know but and i hope that it's also not i hope that we're not freaking tweeting about it still it's yeah yeah, I think that's the thing is that like social social media should be like a maybe a reflection of real life, but it shouldn't be the totality of real life. Like if you really want to be an activist, which is a, a it's kind of a dumb idea because like it's not fun. <laughs> but if you really want to affect change in the world, you don't do it behind a keyboard nine times out of 10. Just like like anonymous or someone probably did it. But nine times out of 10, you don't affect real change in the world behind a keyboard. You affect real change by being a part of the real world and the real dialogue. And I think that, you know, my takeaway from all of this would be that like we need to exercise our agency as sentient free beings who have the ability to choose. And we need to remember that we're also engaging with beings who have the ability to choose. And, you know, one time, like I'm watching you two times, I'm not going to listen to you three times. I'm definitely going to be like, no, this is ridiculous. But my main aim is not to cancel you. My main aim is to try to deal with the ramifications of your negative thoughts and, and actions in society in the spheres with which I have influence. And that all brings it back to personal responsibility, agency, and critical thinking. And of course, Adam, Potato, and Eve, Potato. <laughs> Adam, and, Adam, Potato, and Eve, Potato. It's and serious. And Lilith Potato. We didn't even get there. We didn't even get to Lilith. Lilith Potato is like another week, man. <laughs> Lilith, Lilith Potato, nobody wants to talk Nobody about. wants to talk about. Um, so let's, if people want to get a hold of you uh, or would like to talk to you more or would like to know about the work that you do um, with the Justice Coalition, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you or the coalition? I prefer they don't get a hold of you. No. <laughs> Um, so you can follow us over at the James Hunt Justice Coalition. We have a page. We used to have a big group, but then it it got completely, um, 
you know, again, with cancel culture, we had people infiltrating a Facebook group of a thousand people to see if they could take me and other organizers down because that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. So now we have a smaller group that if you don't know, you're not going to know. Yep. Follow the page. We did doings in the summer. Um, anniversary of the murder of George Floyd is coming up. Anniversary of the murder of Breonna Taylor is coming up. The court case that's to do with the George Floyd murder is coming up. Like there are a lot of things that we are tackling locally um, places are talking about police reform right now so if you're someone that really wants to get involved like look into what your local police department is doing with police reform and get involved right now because those um reform acts are going through as we speak yes. because the deadline is in april you know like that's the real work right yep. there um yeah so jameson justice coalition and i love jumping on conversations it's one of my favorite platforms i love it i love you leo like this is just fun it's yeah. fun we're gonna meet in person i'm almost fully vaccinated and then i can just i'm getting my microchip on tuesday <laughs> yeah yeah i was able to get in so uh get my microchip for the good of the society you know what i mean so uh you'll I, you'll be able to locate me with the microchip that's already in your pocket so <laughs> let me know let me know what superpowers you get i will i will let you know conversations world i will let you know thank you so much to everybody who watched this is probably one of the highest engagement videos we've had uh, and i have to say thank you for everybody who joined everybody who contributed on the thread and everybody who's going to listen to this in the future on youtube apple podcast spotify on the website is going to be a good time so as always we're here every week we gather regularly and intentionally to have spiritually minded conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. And everybody's voice is welcome. This has been Conversations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Justin. Everybody have a good night out there and we'll see you next Sunday. Bye. This has been the Conversations Podcast. Thank you so much for joining. If you have any questions or comments or just want to get involved, feel free to join the conversation on social media. You can find us at Conversations Official on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please don't forget to rate, follow, and share this podcast. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining the conversation.